Community Health Center Chat is a discussion on how different technologies, practices, and regulations affect community health centers and federally qualified health centers. We'll talk to providers, technology vendors, and regulators about ways to improve the reach and quality of care. I'm your host, Chris Beckwith. Now on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're honored to have Nick Huey with us. Nick is the Chief Operating Officer of Waianae Coast Comprehensive Health Center. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Nick. Aloha. You're with Waianae Coast Comprehensive Health Center. Uh, tell me a little bit about you know your facility, your team, um, you know, and what you guys do. Uh, first, uh, thank you to Next Gen and thank you, Chris, for the opportunity to be here with you guys today and in uh, our subsequent webinar. So, Waianae Coast Comprehensive Health Center. We're 47 years old. We're the largest uh, federally qualified health center in the state of Hawaii. Uh, we roughly last year about we have about 38,000 unique patients. So we saw about 207,000 you know encounters last year. We're about 65% uh, Medicaid and Medicare. That makes up about 65% of our patients, but about 80% of our revenue. 67% of our patients are 100% below the poverty level. Uh, we are the largest uh, provider of primary care to Native Hawaiians in in the world, which we're extremely proud of. And we have roughly about 170 providers all in when you look at the number uh, of on-call and et cetera, because we're a little bit unique in the sense that we're one of only two or three FQs in in the U.S. that has a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week emergency room. So we have an actual emergency room staff, okay. emergency staff, lab, uh, and, and a 24-7 uh, radiology. So. But we have about 70 uh, primary care providers, and we truly are comprehensive. I mean, uh, you know, we really try to live up to it in our name. You know, we have a we have a lot of primary care substance uh, substance abuse services, behavioral health. We have a large uh, specialty component. We have a large uh, social service. Uh, we do uh, food banks. Uh, you know, we're we're we're. I mean, we truly live up to the missions of FQ. We're we're in our community. So who who better to serve a community than than the community itself? They know what they need, and so we sort of lived by that mantra. Sure. sure. Yeah. And are, are there are there unique challenges maybe due to your geographic location or the social determinants of health in your you know in the, where you're located that that affect you know the need for this? Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean. I mean. Yes. One, where we're in the middle of the Pacific, so that certainly does put some you know some unique challenges as far you know just the reality of the fact that we're the most Hawaii is the most geographically isolated place in the world. But also further, uh, Waianae Coast is at the end of a coastline, and so you don't have a road that goes all the way around the island of Oahu. So we we truly are, you know, you drive in, there's one road in, one road out. Um, and so uh, so we just, you know, so we we really have to ensure that uh, you know we do everything we can to be very smart and strategic about breaking down. Uh, barriers to access to care. We also have to be very smart about, you know, if we have natural disasters, how we prepare for, for all of that. And then ultimately we have to be very creative in our recruitment and retention strategies, just because uh, it's a little bit of a further drive uh, for people than say if you were in Metro Honolulu. So we have to, we have to understand sort of the realities of that. And then, uh, and then yeah, we also have, you know, issues, uh, you know, uh, Wyanite Coast is, uh, is it's historically been a socioeconomically challenged uh, community. And so, I mean, that's why we have a lot of teaching component and 
We do a lot of sort of things to be not only a provider of care, but also an economic driver. We have about 800 employees. So we're the largest employer on the on this coast. And so we're very conscious of not only providing medical care, but also teaching and then also being an economic engine. That's, yeah, that's great. Have, how long have you been with Lineai and, and, and what's your role there? I'm the chief operating officer. I have been with Lineai for four and a half years. Previous to this, I had various executive positions on uh, the island of Maui with the, with the hospital systems there. I'm a nurse by training, but have sort of evolved uh, into executive management over the last 10 to 12 years. And my responsibilities here are the uh, oversight of, uh, of all of the clinical programming, uh, and then also work very closely with the, uh, the, the board and with our, to support our CEO and our board on sort of business development, strategic planning. Uh, so all of, the, all of those sort of elements and then uh, components around provider contracting uh, fall, fall under, under my office, my, my responsibilities. That's a, yeah, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> so um, I'm sure it keeps you busy. Um, what have, so since you've been there, um, what have you seen, you know, maybe evolve in your time there? What's changed with uh, the health center? You know, have there been? You know, well, yeah, I mean, probably, yeah. So, I mean, I would just say sort of a, a big, big challenge changes is that historically the hospital systems have been very much into the hospital business and we've been in the primary care business. And I think as sort of uh, healthcare is evolving, we're seeing more, uh, we're seeing more of the hospital systems sort of entering into the primary care world as they're developing their own internal or partnerships, uh, you know, and so I think there's for more competition not so, uh, more on the on the supply side, more for providers and staff and technologists and medical assistants, receptionists, certainly providers. And so there's probably more for the primary care world. There's more uh, competition than we had pro than we had seen previous. And then also the communities that surround Wyoming Coast uh, uh, the, in the Leeward of Oahu is it's just a, it's a really it's a growing community. And so there's just uh, and you'll when. If you come to our webinar, we talk about that's one of the sort of things that why we had to really go with mobile and virtual scribe is because we have we have virtual uh, zero we have one percent uh, unemployment on this coast this coast the leeward side of Oahu so essentially that's full employment and so just from a human resource perspective if you're trying to look at creative uh, ways to solve problems you just don't always have the human resource you have to look at technology really to sort of supplement and be creative with your solutions. And so that's sort of something that's really come more forefront for us. Yeah. And you mentioned that you're you're like at the end of the road on the Waianae coast. Right. And well, this coast is, know, we so are. What, does that present unique, you know, some unique challenges as a health center then for you? It does, but it also challenges, but also opportunities in the sense that we have historically been in this community. This was created by the community. So we really, you know, we're really the provider here on this community. And so this community, you know, uh, works closely with us and is very supportive of us because we don't, uh, out here, we don't have a ton of per se uh, other primary care providers. Uh, and so we really uh, work, you know, with, with closely with the community. And so in that sense, it's really good because we work very, you know, really hand in hand with them. And so I certainly see that, see that, you know, as a plus. 
but I mean, sort of the challenge is, is that, um, yeah, it, it just can take a little bit longer to get onto this coast or get off of the coast. And so if you're trying, you know, to recruit people, providers who are coming from town or from east of Oahu or the windward side of Oahu, it's just a, it's an extra extra bit of commute. I mean, the plus is it's a great community, you know, with wonderful sort of uh, familial you know bonds of of family. So there's lots of pluses, but there are the just challenges of uh, of the extra commute time. Yeah, yeah. and I, I would imagine that that lends itself into my next question a little bit, like with provider burnout. Um, right. You know, a longer commute, right. you know, time, and and all the the, the workload. You know what you guys are doing some unique things to combat that. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I certainly. I mean, and I don't. Well, I'm not a big overpromise, underdeliver person, so I'm not saying that we've found the <laughs> ultimate key to resolve provider burnout. Uh, but I do think that we've stumped, we've sort of stumbled upon some stuff that that I think we some good learnings for us. And so I think that uh, what we sort of looked at is. You know, provider burnout is, it is it's a challenge everywhere, and it's really about you know uh, all the additional work responsibilities that come with providing medicine today. The fact that you know EH, EHR uh, issues, and so we have regulatory issues, and you know all the sort of uh, measures that you have to meet in quality, and the fact that you know we live in this fee for service and this value world, and so you have also, and then the fact that you know that. Uh, that healthcare costs as a percentage of GDP is at a point where people say that it's really difficult to be sustainable. So you also have that macro sort of pressure in healthcare. And so all of that one way or the other sort of hits the hits the provider. And so, you know, and a lot of that is, you know, they just, they just sometimes feel a sense of uh, loss of autonomy, loss of, of control or flexibility. And what we sort of have learned is, is that providing them, and I always just sort of say that it's adding an extra uh, arrow to the quiver. If we provide this tool or that tool, and we don't become so prescriptive in how they have to implement it, here, say, here's one more tool, and then you can sort of figure out what's worked best with you to use yeah, it yeah. use it uh, with what you have or to change your path. And for us, that's what the Next Gen Mobile really was doing, because we were, uh, you know, our providers were really saying, hey, we we want scribes, and we want you know, we want yeah. to supplement this. It it really lent ourselves to look at the fact that the virtual scribe and the next year mobile was a tool that we could really sort of implement. And when we implemented it, what we, you know, what worked really well with our providers is say, hey, here's not the end all be all solution, but here's one more arrow for your quiver. And it's a really good arrow and it meets what you were trying to do. And what we got out of it was is that people use it a little bit differently. Some people use really mobile for the dictation. Some of people use it and they really use it truly to the full con component of it. Some use it really like it because they can pull up labs, uh, you know, and then everybody really likes the scribe part because, you know, it really just helps them with, with, with workflow. And uh, if you come to the webinar, just we, we have some testimonials really talking about it. And what we found is that that, it doesn't necessarily make them more pro productive, though we do see some incremental product. But we do see that they're that they're they get home earlier, that their workload is is reduced, that it helps with work-life balance, it helps with retention, and they felt like administration was responsive by giving them one more tool. 
And from that, we yeah. got really a lot of positive feedback. And so what I say, I would say our learning is, is that give them, give them more arrows for the quiver and then let them sort of work with them closely on how they want to do it. And then one, it helps them work the workflow, gives them more, more flexibility, gives them autonomy. And what they see and feel and hear is that administration is being supportive by giving them one more tool. And it really has helped with our retention. Um, and so I think, and you know, and, and we, yeah, so that's what we were, I think that's sort of our learning was, um, you know, flexible, but also just give them one more arrow for the quiver. Yeah, and you're you're not really telling them how to do what they want it, you know, right. you're allowing them to work how, how they're comfortable yeah. working, right? Exactly, because some use a hybrid, uh, you know, some use a hybrid, some puts, some go onto the templates and fill something out. And you know, so it's it's really, yeah, and I think that, that allowing that sort of, uh, and I think that that um, is a lesson learned from sort of EHRs over the years that we became a little bit prescriptive about exactly how you had to do something within an EHR. And it really sort of re reduced people's autonomy, probably fed into that loss of control. But also, these are you know smart people, and they can figure out workflows that that work for yeah. them. And so, you know, giving giving them uh, the tools or giving them an additional tool. And this next gen mobile tool is really, I mean, it's evolving and getting better. But it's really, I mean, it's really well received in the sense that. Um, you know, the, the dictation mechanisms, the fact that you can pull up stuff where you're at, uh, that it's, you know, there's a really, a, these folks, I mean, really, they like it because they can spend more time interacting and talking with the patient. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, uh, they're spending less time, especially when you put the mobile with the virtual scribe, which I'm not saying works for everybody, but for us, it works yeah. for us because, one, it works well because of our time difference here. It also works because of the human resource uh, fact that we can work with the virtual scribes and we don't have to have a body here. Uh, and then that, you know, the virtual scribes that we work with, they're very familiar with the system. Uh, I mean, it didn't happen overnight. And you come to the webinar, we'll sort of talk you through steps of what we think are best practice of how you roll it out, how you implement it, how you get people on it, how you follow up. But um, we just think that uh, it's been very well received and it's been, you know, by our providers, yeah. yeah, as they seeing it as a helping them with their overall balance. Yeah, it's um, and we're going to cover that on the webinar on December 11th. Um, and I I don't want you to give away any more the the secret sauce until then. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off here and and we'll no um, we'll wrap it up. So again, um, our guest today was Nick Huey with uh, YNI Coast Comprehensive Health Center. Uh, in Hawaii. And Nick, I want to thank you for being our guest. No problem. And if uh, anyone would like to attend the webinar or watch the replay of the webinar after it's live, um, we'll put a link in the notes at the end of the show here. Um, but um, again, thanks, Nick, for, for being on. And uh, we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Aloha. Thanks for listening to our show. If you found this episode interesting, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can also visit us at nextgen.com forward slash FQHC and on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. If you have ideas for topics or questions, let us know and we'll answer in a future episode. Until next time, I've been your host. Have a great day.